So you guys uh, are at um, the camp outside of the uh, wizard's um, area, as a better, no other better way to put it at the moment. <laughs> so the ring that was put onto Donnie's character uh, suddenly uh, has a strange effect, uh, and another personality has entered his body. And here's how it uh, here's how it kind of plays out. So you you were a farmer uh, and you were having just a regular, you know, day in your farm working on the land and you digging through the earth and suddenly your plow hits something and you can tell it's something metal. So you bend down, you pick it up, you look at it. It seems kind of valuable and you check it out and brush the dirt off of it and you notice it's a ring. And for some reason, uh, you decide to put it on, even though everything in your head is telling you do not put it on, you decide to anyway. And as soon as you slip the ring on your finger, you notice that you're standing, uh, standing up in a wooded area and you see a fence, uh, like a big wrought iron fence that kind of stretches in uh, both directions for quite a ways. And you see two other people, um, two other adventurers standing, uh, in this little wooded area with you, along with this purple cloaked guy who's tied up in rope. All right, basically, I'm looking around, like with a shocked expression on my face, and then I just kind of like stagger backwards, like whoa, 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 what, 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 what? So you guys notice Donnie is kind of freaking out. You were all just kind of getting up, stretching, and just you know getting ready to start moving again when you notice Donnie is just kind of st- stumbling backwards and just kind of st- stammering. Whoa, is everything okay, Donnie? You hearing some weird voices? <laughs> it's very specific. Well, that's what the ring does. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I just look around confused and trying to figure out what, what's going on. So they're they're trying to talk to you. Do you feel like you want to respond to anything? You're, you're, you're having a hard time figuring out what is going on. To you, it seems like you were just magically transported to this spot. As soon as you put the ring on and everything your grandfather told you about not messing with, with rings or <laughs> items that you found is kind of flooding back into your head. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm not Donnie. I don't, I don't know what, what, where, who, who are you? Where, where am I? Oh, oh, I like this game. I like this game. Uh, I am Bernard Wink. And if listeners remember, I'm Henry. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, no, I turn to Ku and I look at him and I say, I really shouldn't have put that ring on him. I don't know why you thought that was a good idea. It was a prank. It, it kind of went wrong. When has the phrase, it was a prank, ever not been uttered when something terrible happens? <laughs> so I turn back to Donnie's character and I'm just like, well then, who are you? Or who are you? Ha. I pan to the camera, the big dumb grin on my face. <laughs> I backfist coo in the stomach. <laughs> my, my name's Fernando. I was just farming, and I'm here now. I don't don't know what, what happened. I was just tending to my crops, and I found this ring, and now I'm here. Uh, do, does the ring look like the ring on your hand right now? You look down at your hand, and you notice it's not your hand at all. The skin looks way different. It's very weird feeling to look at and see different hands. Uh, yeah, the ring looks the same, but I'm mean, like touching myself and like, try, like, wait, what? <laughs> he does he find the g strings on his character? <laughs> the gentleman strings Donnie has packed away. Uh, all right, Fernando, I'll play along. I lean over to Larry and go, Donnie's out of his mind. Yeah, I turn to, I like give a really suspicious look to Parnas, and I'm like, did you do this? I didn't have anything to do with this. I don't even know what you're talking about. What happened here? All right, Ku translates that, that's me. Yeah. Then I kind of then lose interest in him and don't think he has anything to do with it. <laughs> Shit, well, Fernando... Parnas interrupts you. Parnas interrupts you and is like, in any event, we need to get moving. We can't stay here. Who knows what's behind that iron gate? I hate to tell you, Fernando, but we got a lot of people that don't like us, so you better just <laughs> keep up. You joined the wrong group accidentally. 
right, I, I guess. I don't. Where even are we? And you suddenly have a little bit, it's an odd feeling, but you feel like you're accessing some very vague memories of the persons um, that you, the person that you switched with. And you feel like you know certain skills and certain abilities and you have certain memories that are kind of patchwork and kind of flooding into your head. But it's very unclear and it's not really, it's more instinctual than it is something that's, that's directly cognitive. So you just kind of feel like you know how to do certain things and you're able to uh, accomplish certain things. And you do know that you can trust these people and that they will uh, they're on your side and that they're good people. Mm, debatable. <laughs> good ish people. Good-ish. The people I could trust in a jam. Yes. D- sure. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh, a good question. I don't really know where we are. We're in the woods. We're going to some place where this guy wants us to take him. Yeah, this guy, I basically tried to kill him, and now we have to heal him in order to get this amulet. So, just help us find this amulet, and we'll try to get you back home. Sounds sounds like a plan, I guess. (laughs) All right. So, uh, you guys continue packing up the camp, and Parnas is just looking, looking on with a scowl. And you, uh... Uh, everyone, uh, everyone roll for, for perception. No. Hate those words. Uh, ten. Okay. Anyone else? Uh, nope. I rolled a one. Hey, it does has real dice. I rolled a yeah. 21 with my bonus. Oh, 21. Well, okay. Then you are the only one that notices that Parnas almost seems to be weirdly gloating. Like he's happy with himself or something. What's going on with this guy? And I pointed out to the other guys i'm like he seems shady you guys agree but you don't notice that he's that he's like gloating and he immediately does not seem like he's gloating at all anymore of course he's shady cut off everyone's head at the city on i broke his hand we already knew he was shady yeah i just i'm starting to second guess where he's taking us and I just want the amulet and if it's back in that building I'm seriously gonna fucking murder this guy well I told him if it takes too long for us to get to where he wants to go I'm gonna eat his face it's not far it's not far I'm not gloating I'm just finally not feeling like I'm dying oh we can fix that yeah I was just gonna say can I like just like gently stab him (laughs) Uh, if you want to I do, but it's gonna be—it's gonna be a trick to make sure that you're only injuring him instead of uh, really hurting him. Ah, oh, shit! Nat, nat twenty. Laren rips out his heart. <laughs> I don't want to do any Mortal Kombat shit. Uh, then why are you? St- it can always happen with the dice. Like, just realize that there's always a chance. Exactly. And God knows we've had, we had some bad rolls last time, so. Yeah, actually, I'm not gonna attack him because you know what? He's a powerful magician. I think we. I think we should kill him after we get what we want out of him. But I'm not sure yet. We'll move on. You want to kill this guy? I didn't say it out loud. Oh, all right. if, if I speak in character <laughs> voice when I say things oh, out loud. Not bad. No worries. Yeah. But no, the thing is with that. Yeah, I do want to kill him. He's like a former boss. So oh, and right. I whooped his ass. Fair enough. All right, let's just keep going. Let's see. Let's see where he takes us. So you guys are back um, back on the road then? Yeah. Yep. All right. So you guys are continuing to walk down the edge of the gate, and you're walking and walking and walking. It's taking quite a long time. Seems like it's almost as long as the other edge of the gate when you finally get to the, I mean, um, not gate, but uh, fence. And you finally get to the edge of the fence and um, continue walking. And it looks like there's kind of a, a trail that, you know, other people have used to walk around this big place in the past. So you're kind of on that trail, and now the trail starts curving back towards the coast. And uh, basically, uh, you are going to walk uh, for the rest of this day. If I remember correctly, it was like a two-and-a-half-day journey. So you've already spent one day on it, and you are... Now about halfway through the uh, the second day, and let me see. Uh, I have two bed rolls because I stole one from somewhere. I forget. I think like the barracks, and I like to imagine that I'm still using the two by myself and not giving one to Parnas. 
One for each him. leg. Yeah, I got bedroll pants. All right. God, that joke's a year old now. <laughs> <laughs> That's an old callback. So as you're walking, uh, you're you're noticing some um, some sounds coming out of the trees that are kind of you know like 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 hooting sounds of some kind of creature, and it seems to be that the that, that there's a couple of them up there, and they're kind of tracking you. Ooh, are they rowdy sports they fans? Are. Hooting and hollering? <laughs> nope, but they're definitely like they got to be monkeyish or something. You're thinking. Hmm. Should someone roll perception to try to get a better understanding? Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say I I only have a plus one, so. All right, I have a plus six. I'll give it a go. Buck, uh, I rolled a twelve. <laughs> so you, with your bonus, you can't make with out my what bonus, they are. Oh. you're not really sure exactly what they are. Hmm. But uh, there's some kind of monkeyish creature. There's they're 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 jumping from branch to branch. But they're doing a pretty good job of hiding as well. So they're kind of, you know, kind of like sneaky up there. I turn to Fernando and I say, do you have any idea what these things might be? Maybe if I even knew where we were. I don't even know what region we're in. Can I explain what coast we're on? I don't personally know, but I'm sure my character does. Yeah, so you kind of explain where uh, where you are. And... um as uh as you do kind of know the land and stuff fernando uh you do recognize that this is this is like thousands of leagues away from where you live and you've never been over here before oh that that's that's not even close to where i'm from i don't even know what's indigenous here i've just heard of it fuck could i do a nature check yeah all right because my character's backstory is he was like in the woods and stuff, but looking at my skill points, it wouldn't seem like that. Uh, Sixteen. Sixteen. Oh, okay. Well, you do know that they are uh, some sort of violent monkey type creature, oh, no, and no. you know that this could be trouble, and that they roam in packs, and that they will, uh, when hungry, hunt whatever is around to hunt. Hmm. Uh, I relay all that to the group saying that eh, we might want to get the hell out of here a lot sooner. Um, I looked at Parnas and say, any way to get around this place to get to where we're going? Uh, get around what place? What is he? He wants to know what you're talking about. Well, anyway, we can circumvent the monkeys. Oh, get around the forest that you're in? Yeah. <laughs> well, we could walk up to the beach. It might be a good idea. I'm in favor of that. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, what do you guys think? Uh, I prefer not to get mauled by monkeys. I mean, I'd like to get home one day. Fuck you, Donnie. Oh, sorry, Fernando. Um, <laughs> Let's just keep going. And considering how good Donnie is with the burning spray, and now that there's a new person in the body, I'm pretty sure we don't want to commit mass arson in the forest so i say beach yep let's all go to the beach all right so you guys uh you guys take a direct path right through the forest towards the beach it's our and beach episode guys it's like an yeah. anime there's always one <laughs> you guys want to run in slow motion down the beach yeah, yeah. Take, <laughs> taking off our clothes Woo. So you guys get up to the beach, and you notice that those creatures are—you can definitely spot them uh, looking at you from the forest line of uh, right where the where the forest ends, and the uh, kind of the grass that leads into the dunes that leads into the beach begins. So you can see kind of their eyes tracking you up there, and every once in a while you see like a shaking branch. Um. Well, then I guess we continue through the sand along the beach to avoid the monkeys. All right, so you are going up the beach, and you continue up the beach, and it's starting to get later in the day again. And Parnas tells you that basically it's another half day's journey, and you will be at his healer's uh, house, and he's uh, pretty excited about getting his fingers back. <laughs> I'm pretty so, excited about taking them back. <laughs> time to uh, time to set up camp, and you do notice that those those. There's some uh, monkeys have still been with you the whole way. You haven't gotten rid of them. God damn it. No, I'm going to set up camp and like, use my trance ability to keep an eye out for the party. All right. 
So everyone sets up camp, uh, and it is uneventful. Nothing happens. And you guys are fine. You wake up the next day. You notice that the monkeys are gone. In your trance state, you notice them kind of drifting one at a time, just disappearing and moving on to somewhere else. So it's morning. Uh, you're on the beach, and the uh, temperature is pretty comfortable. You guys are feeling pretty good, and you only have a half day's journey to get to the, the healer's house. Wait, could I... During the night, could I have Barry Parnas in his sleep? Like, uh, covered him with sand and try and bury him? Even his, uh, even his, his mouth, his head, even? No, I'll leave the head out so he doesn't die. But, okay, so well. you just want to, um, stay up, uh, part of the night. It would take you, estimating you do it right, uh, if you really wanted to put him in the sand and bury him, it would probably take you a good three hours. That is well worth it. All right, so you don't have as much sleep as everyone else, um. Can he spend an additional half hour just making it look like a mermaid body? <laughs> Give him yes, boobs and stuff. Absolutely. Uh, roll for uh, roll for for artsiness. Uh, artsiness, which I guess is intelligence. <laughs> intelligence. Oh, that's not good. Uh, uh, wait. Oh no, it's a negative one. <laughs> so I got five. <laughs> so you guys all wake up in the morning and you see Parnas has been buried up to his neck in sand, and there's some... It looks really weird. It basically looks <laughs> pornographic, this body <laughs> that he made for it. And it's a really disgusting and really crude, weird imagery that makes you feel like you know something about him psychologically, and it's not good. <laughs> Damn it. I'm actually 100% okay with that. I like that better. <laughs> I, I wake up and I look down like, Siku, you prank people too. God damn it. Yeah, but mine doesn't switch their bodies. I point at Fernando. It's the 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 uh sand sculpture is so bad that every time you look at it, it just it makes your stomach queasy. Oh god. <laughs> I I could go run and start ki- kicking the sand aside to like get Parnas out. All right. And Parnas just looks like, you know, like a cat that doesn't want to be picked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? That face it has that he has. He's just like, ugh, yeah, he's just disgusted with you guys. And now he's covered in sand too. <laughs> that doesn't bother me at all. Um, Hilarious. So I turn to Ku and I say, "Only half a day left of this douche. Let's get it on." Hmm. I don't like the way you phrase that. Well, I meant get a move right. on. Sorry. Right. God damn it. Gross. All right, so you you continue walking. The forest um, finally, after a while, gives way to plains, and so it's um you know sands into dunes into plains. So it's big, wide open, grassy expanse. And you um, as you walk, uh, Parna says it's not much longer now. And then he's also complaining along the way because you gave him sand fleas from that. Uh, <laughs> he's getting bit, and he just looks at you with such contempt. He's just so pissed at you. And anyways, as you get up, he motions that you should walk uh, into the plains a bit now. And so do you follow that direction? I turn to Fernando and say, Is there any reason we shouldn't trust this guy? Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll for insight. Okay. Why would Fernando know? I don't know. It's just well, a get, shot like, in the dark. <clears throat> well, telling people lying. I'm pretty good at it. Uh, 19. 19. Okay. Uh, apparently you are. Uh, well, you... Um, as far as insight goes, you feel they explain exactly what they're doing, and um, and I'm I'm imagining you guys uh, are smart enough to at least go out of earshot of Parnas so that you're yes. not hearing you. And you guys <laughs> go off to the side and talk about the plan and talk about what's going on. And this is right as you're still on the beach, kind of about to head into the plains. It's really, he said, only about an hour away. So you guys are very close. So basically, you talk about the whole plan, and here is the whole plan. This guy said that there is an amulet that he's going to help them get, and the amulet is inside of some ruins that are not too far from the healer's house. In exchange for bringing him to the healer's house, he will show you where the location of the amulet is. Um, And that's basically it. That's the straight-up deal. And really, the only additional information that you can get out of Insight is that this guy is a bad guy. He's not a good guy. And he probably, he's probably lying about something, 
Um, so it's just a matter of figuring out, you know, how to keep yourself safe and make sure you're making good choices. Yeah, I knew this guy was up to no good. I have a feeling he's just going to show us the amulet and then kill our asses. And I had a golden opportunity to fucking turn this guy's lights off. Yeah, he, he, he gives off the vibe of something, that's something he would do. Oh, he gives off the vibe. Yeah, absolutely. He's a bad guy. He's just like, he's not good. I mean, you know, if it's in alignment terms, he's he's probably lawful evil. All right, well, if uh, we're still in right. our planning phase, I'm going to suggest to uh, both Fernando and Ku, I'm going to say, I think the plan is when we get to the healer's house, we got to fucking knock out the healer, and we got them both captive, and then he takes us to this goddamn amulet, and until we get the amulet, then we can do whatever we want with either of them, lock him up and leave him there to die, or just fucking kill him on the spot. So I think we need to take out the healer, because they're probably both pretty strong with magic, and I don't trust either of them. Well, I mean, of course we never trust them. And I, I said, uh, we need to get the amulet from him, not the location. So even if we get to the guy's house, yeah, I agree. We still take one of them hostage. My vote is for partners because I'm probably going to kill him on the spot. Do we need, need to kill people? I mean, can we just knock him out or something? I'm not, I mean, sure, he yeah, seems like a bad dude. Like, like, check your alignment, guys. <laughs> Oh, right. I mean, but I'm lawful neutral, so, like, wouldn't this be, like... Yeah, be bringing balance, to- more something about bringing balance. Yeah, lawful neutral, that that could that could line up with lawful neutral. Depending and on I'm chaotic yeah. good, and all we've ever done is kill people, so I'm just <laughs> going with it. Well, <laughs> all right. yeah, I explained to Fernando that what Parnas did in the city hall and, like, how it just caused mass chaos. And the, I, don't, I don't know if he's associated with the automatons, but I blame it on him. I know what you mean. Yeah, so I this the the dude's a dick. We killing him would be the righteous thing to do for the betterment of the, all the world. And he's kind of an asshole. All right, so let's let's capture the healer. We'll get the amulet or wherever we gotta go, and then we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there. All right, so you get back to Parnas, and you guys are in a group, and Parnas says, "So, are we going or what?" Is he bound in any way? I'm hoping yeah, we bound tied him. up. Remember, he's still expertly yes. tied. Okay, perfect. I uh, thought so. He, but he's been, you know, having to uh, relieve himself in an inventive manner, so it's, it smells <laughs> pretty gross. Uh, uh, I would say let's tie him up even more now that we're closer. Like, I'm assuming before his hands were tied. Now I'm thinking of tying up his whole like upper well, torso. Like, so he, No, his, that's how he was. His whole upper torso was uh, tied okay. up. And it was okay. expertly tied. You guys, whoever did that, had a really good role on that. Yeah, I think that was cool. Tied him really, really well. Gotcha. Okay. And so it's like his whole upper torso is wrapped with rope, and so he can't move his hands in any way. They're completely bound. The the tie job was so good that it still holds up right now, and it's not okay. uh, it's not actively hurting him either, which is the other kind of nice benefit. But well, depending on nice, how you see nice. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, now that we're getting closer, I'm even more cautious of him. I say to him, lead the way. So he just starts trudging out into the grasslands. And you guys are walking for about 20 minutes. Uh, Everybody roll perception. Oh, man. Six. Eighteen. Fifteen. Ooh, a flower. Okay. (laughs) Uh, the, The 15 and above, you guys are both noticing something odd about the ground as you're walking on it. It sounds kind of like, like it's hollow or something like it's, you know, that, that sound kind of when you walk in the woods and there's a bunch of tree trunks underneath you, it kind of sounds like that a little bit. It's like thumping hollowness below your feet. Hmm. no like, yeah, I start to like, can I scrape my foot across the floor to see if there's anything like noticeable about it? There's nothing directly noticeable. It's just dirt. It's just dirt. And it's really dark, dark earth. Hmm. Looks Parnas. like pretty healthy earth. And you guys are walking through about, like, knee-high uh, grasses and stuff. I, like, yank on the st- uh, rope and pull Parnas back. I'm like, what's going on here? What's with the ground? Why is it weird? What are you talking about? It feels weird. It feels empty. Like you. Like dead inside. He says, "What are you talking? What? What about the ground is weird to you? I don't understand." I stomp on it quick, just to be like, 
Don't you feel that? And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, this whole area used to be the home of a uh, of a really in- intense civilization that's really, really ancient. And a giant magical war erupted, and it was a war that was fought by geomancers, and the entire area was littered with uh, lava and volcano stuff. And he says, so there's plenty of, like, like underground caves and different things that are kind of, you know, made out of lava tubes and the result of this geomancy war that uh, came from a very long time ago. Hmm. You want to see if he's lying? Yeah, can I roll history for that? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that would be history. I only got two. History. Yeah, that's going to be an, was it a nine. You have no idea <laughs> if he's right. You think he might be, but you're not sure. It's kind of a specific thing about this area. Yeah, I have a five in history. Do you both want to also do history? Yeah, if we all can check. I'd rather. Yeah, go for it. I got a five. <laughs> I got a 19. Okay, so you have heard of this. You do know that this is true. Okay. And it, like, rings a bell, and I'm like, exactly. oh, yeah. It ties into some obscure lesson in school that you had that was part of some kind of, like, sub-chapter on geomancy or whatever. It's one of the more famous kind of ecological disasters that happen because of magic. And uh, it's kind of cited as one of those things of, like, we don't want this to happen again. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Well, then I'm like, interesting. Well, I guess we should keep going. I pull, I pull Parnas closer and I go, fine. But just remember, I'm going to eat your face one these days. And I just waggle my tongue really like uncomfortably close to his face. He says, you know, we don't have to go to the healer. If you keep threatening me, it's just not doing you any favors. Threatening me is not helping you. Till you get that amulet, you're not helping me either. Fine. So he continues walking forward. I look and, back at Ku and say, is he back-talking to you? Nah, he's under-talking me, because he's a little punk. I look down at him. Alright. So as you guys keep walking, you see a single shack in the distance with a stone chimney, and there's uh, smoke coming out of the chimney, and it looks, you know, almost idyllic out there in, in the field all by itself. And, um, uh, there's a farm next to this little shack. It's not a huge farm for production, but for personal sustaining kind of things. And um, there's a hitch post out front, and there's two horses hitched up there. And uh, it just looks like a very, you know, kind of like not low class, but like somebody that's kind of not had the best of luck with money. Like it's not the greatest place in the world. Uh, it's not made for... Um, for visitors, but it looks like that's what happens sometimes because there are, um, you know, there's a hitch post, obviously. So it's like made for people that are on long cross, uh, cross country journeys to stop at if they need to and catch some respite. And you continue up to it and get closer and closer. And he says, all right, just in here, go ahead. Somebody that can knock, would you please knock on the door? I knock on the door. And it's a big, big wooden door, very strong and stout. And uh, roll for perception. Everybody. Everybody? Yep. That is 15. Seven. Okay, everybody except for you notices that there's some kind of magical protection on the structure of the house. Hmm. It doesn't appear to be anything harmful. It's just... Protection. Kind of good protection that you wouldn't get on a place like this normally. That's suspicious, to say the least. So he knocks, and now you hear a voice uh, come from behind the door, and a little, uh, it's saying, just a second, and then suddenly a little thing slides open, and there's a pair of eyes there. And he's saying, who are you, and what do you want? We hold Parnas up to the door. And Parnas says, Hello, is is Jerry around? Jerry? The guy looks kind of suspicious. Jerry? And then Parnas says it again slower. Is Jerry around? And the guy says, oh, yes, 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 yes. 
I give Ku a look, like, as trying to be as, like, as, to make it uh, just between me and him kind of thing, like, all right, this is not going to go the way we anticipated. All right, so the door opens up, and a withered old man that does not look to be any kind of threat at all welcomes you in. And you see kind of like a, a living room area, and it's it's got a couple people sitting in the corner that are sipping on some big glasses of meat and quietly talking by the fire. And uh, there's there's a, a big roast that looks like it's uh, being served to anybody that wants some. There's other types of food things just kind of sitting around. Says, come on in. It's like, I didn't know it was you for a second, Parnas. I'm sorry. Parnas, you look like you're tied up. Are you all right? Parnas says, yeah, I just need to talk to Jerry. And he says, all right, well, I'll let Jerry know, and he'll be here in a few minutes. And he says, everyone else, have a seat. Don't mind the mess. And he hmm. walks back uh, into another room. Oh, I should have taken the old man captive, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what part of you is good? If you wanted to do anything. <laughs> Uh, I know that's fine. Good at all. <laughs> no, I, that's why I didn't. So we'll just we'll be patient for once. It never has happened before. All right. So you guys, uh, do you have a seat or do you stand or what do you do in the room? I stand. I'm impatient as a character. All right. I'm gonna I stand. stand and kind of look around at everything because. All right. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of find... <laughs> I want to find trying to find a chair. That's like against the wall, like so no one can go behind it. All right. And put Par- Parnas in there, and then I stand right next to him. Okay. And it takes a little while. And as you guys are sitting there, it's more than a couple minutes. It's now bordering on about 15 minutes or so. And the old man is nowhere to be found. I casually start gargling my acid breath and just like eyeing a Parnas. Just like, huh? Huh? All right. And Parnas is like, he's. He's over it. I mean, at this point, he's like, <laughs> you know, I'm not really freaked out by anything you guys do anymore. This is just another in a long line of abuse that I get from you guys. As that's all happening, is there a bar? There's not a bar. It's in this room, at least. Uh, and what all you see is just like a big fire, like I said, and then there's like a table with some food on it. It's not looking like the best, you know, it's not the best a roadhouse. It's like a very... Kind of messy, like not really very good. Do any of the cups on the table seem to have alcoholic beverage in it? Uh, The two guys that are drinking, you can't tell what they're drinking, but there is kind of a smell of stale mead that's kind of hanging in the air that you can tell that there's been some some real throwdowns. Uh, And go ahead and uh, roll for for perception on that while you're smelling the mead. Uh, That's a 16. So you're also noticing that there's some kind of like I don't know. There's some kind of like coppery kind of like, I don't know. It's like a metally kind of weird smell and you're not sure exactly what it is, but it's very faint. I say, man, the cooks here aren't too good. Doesn't look like anything here is too good. Where's this old man? He's been gone for quite a while. I'm starting to second guess this. Parnas, you better not be screwing us. He's like, no, just wait. They're just slow. They're just slow. They're always, always slow. But worth the wait. Hmm. Fernando, do a check. Do an arc, like magic check inside. See if it was the whole building or if there's something okay. specific in here. You have a great arcana check, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, I do. It's a, it's a plus six. Nice. Yeah. And. Eleven. <laughs> Just not so good rolls today. You're 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 getting the sense that there is like even more going on magically inside, and you can tell it's kind of been shrouded. You can tell there's some kind of there's something weird going on. You're not sure what it is though. It's enough to make you really uneasy. It seems like this whole place is all magic, or there's something I'm trying to conceal it, or something like that. And when I hear Fernando's like being like confirming my suspicion, I say, "Let's wait outside." I'm fine with that. Sounds like that might be a good idea. All right, so we start uh, leading Parnas. Yeah, we're. I I pick up the chair Parnas is in, and I try to carry him out in the chair. Okay. 
you can do that easily because you're pretty strong. So <laughs> he's Just a bird. Chair. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. So you lift him up in the chair. The guys that were drinking over on the side kind of look over at you guys, like, "What the hell are you guys doing?" They look really like confused, like, "What the hell's wrong with you guys?" I say, "Come on, Parney, we're going outside." All right, and uh, you try to open the door and it won't open. God damn it! I knew that was coming. All right, well, I'm not sure if you've actually got to abuse this ability yet, but our previous DM was aware of Kuladman's, like, nervous tick that he can, like, burst through certain walls, like the way the Kool-Aid man does. If someone (laughs) says, hey, Kuladman, and then he just busts through walls, it's like, oh, yeah. So (laughs) I'm thinking, I kind of looked at him and I'm like, hey, (laughs) Kuladman. All right. I'm still uh, holding parts. it doesn't matter because, uh, well, he freaks out and he runs at the wall uh, as hard <laughs> as he can. And you all fully expect him to burst right through the wall with his giant size and his strength. But he slams into something and just falls down on the ground. Uh, and oh, you take no. uh, you take three damage. Larry, son of a bitch. Oh, it was worth a try, you have to admit. And I, I see that happen. I look down and I'm just like, ah, oh, sorry, man. Oh, what? Why couldn't you get through? Oh, gee, I don't know. Maybe because there's a magical aura around the whole goddamn building. The two guys right. that were uh, drinking in the corner, they they get up and they uh, walk into the other room. Oh, no. Um, Priority number one is to get the fuck out of this place. Can I throw Parnas on the ground and pull out my great axe? And, like, just have it dangling over his head? Yes. Like, I have my, I have my foot on his back so he can't get up. And I'm just like, at the moment's notice, I'm ready to just cut his head off. All right. And uh, so you do. Actually, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say, can I actually cut one of his hands off and put it in the void bag? Because I'm pissed at him. He screwed us over. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's going to be a roll there. He's not, he's not cooperating with wanting to get the, uh, his hand chopped off. That's fair. That makes sense. But uh, you know what? I'm just <laughs> like, you... You little shit. This is, uh, you, you were looking forward to getting your fingers back. Well, that's not happening. And I, uh, I use, I whip out the sickle. He's wildly flailing around. Uh, and you're going to have to untie his arm in order to chop his hand off too, because his arm is completely buried in those ropes at his side. So in Uh. order to chop just his hand off without hurting the rest of his body, you're going to have to untie him. Fine, you know what? Instead of his hand and untying him, I'm just going to Mike Tyson that bitch and take his ear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're going to bite his ear off? Uh, I well, uh that's really chaotic, but sure. <laughs> All right. Uh so you notice uh you notice him grab uh you notice him grab Parnas and brings him really close to him like he's going to kiss him or something, but instead he just grabs his ear with his teeth and he starts thrashing back and forth. Uh, go ahead and roll for uh, uh, roll for an attack first of all. See, it was the that twenty. <laughs> okay, so yes. you grab his ear with your teeth and you completely tear it right off in one clean move, and Parnas just <laughs> screams in pain. Uh, he's like screaming his head off, and he's like, "What the hell? I told you this wouldn't work." God damn it, blah, blah, blah. He's just screaming. and I spit the ear into the void bag. I, I look at Parnas, they go, and I said I would eat your face, but Laren did. Now aren't we all a little liar? <laughs> so um, he's thrashing on the floor, bleeding from the head. And finally, uh, a door in the opposite wall opens. Oh, boy. Several uh, very large men in full armor, walk through the door, first of all. And behind them, uh, someone in a purple cloak, and then another person in a purple cloak, and another person in a purple cloak, and then one kind of of really screwed-up-looking guy with missing an eye in a purple cloak that's... uh, that seems to be, like, maybe drunk. It's hard to tell. He's walking in a very weird way. Shit. 
that might not been the best idea to do right now. Yeah, I wipe the blood from my mouth and kind of try to like clean myself up a little bit and not look like I just bit this dude's ear off. And I <laughs> kind of turn, <laughs> I turn to them all and say, "So you guys must be Jerry." Yes, and the 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 main guy that with the missing the eye that looks like he's drunk seems to be the leader of the group. He says, "Yes, we're Jerry. We are Jerry. We're Jerry. We're Jerry." And you have been taking care of my dear friend, Parnas. Thank you. Wait, why is he not Jerry? We are Jerry. Jerry was a code word, you fool. I knew it. (laughs) But it didn't really help us. Here we are. But (laughs) the thing is, I... We have been pretty nice to your pal, Parnas. (laughs) (laughs) He'll attest to that. He's a pretty smart guy. So Parnas is screaming, untie me. And two of the very large guys in armor walk over to him, and one. Can of we them draw goes, our swords to be like that's that's not up to you? Uh, you can pull out your swords. You get the feeling that these guys are not to be fucked with. Uh, you get the feeling that these guys are way more powerful than you. Just from a very cursory glance, you can tell that their armor is magic, their weapons are magic. Every single Shit. thing is uh, <laughs> highly charged. All right, then I don't pull my sword, and I just let them approach, I suppose. So uh, they walk over, and they slice uh, the, the the bonds off of Parnas, and he's just swearing. He's just so pissed. It's like, they took my fucking ear. They took my fucking ear. And he's freaking out and spitting on the ground. And he's, I turn to them, and I say, it fell off. <laughs> And he says, you'll pay for this. I put my hand up, and I'm kind of just pointing to Laren. I'm like, he took the ear. We, like, I'm pointing to me and Fernando. I'm like, we didn't do it. He took it. Like, trying to blame Laren. So, oh, you're trying throw to blame him under- Laren for taking the ear? Yeah, throw him under the magical bus. <laughs> so they're kind of not even paying attention to you guys now. They're just talking to Parnas, and they're having a conversation over on the other side of the room. And the two big armored guys, two of them are uh, standing on flanking you guys on either side. One of them is standing kind of in front of you. And now Parnas is talking with the one-eyed guy. And basically, Parnas is explaining how you guys broke in and almost ruined what was going on in that uh, in the city uh, where you guys were at. And then what you guys basically did was how you destroyed the city almost and that you guys are idiots. <laughs> and, uh, and that he said he thought he was done for, but... Somehow you guys believed him and brought him right here to the to home. So he was sorry to use the Jerry password, but it was truly an emergency. And the one-eyed guy understands, and he says, That's all right, Parnas. Just in the future, would you just please try to clean up your own messes? And he says, Now, what do we do with you? And he walks up to you guys. I say, let us go and on our way to find the amulet. Yeah, we'll take a handsome reward if that's in the works. And then Parnas is like, oh, and by the way, he pulls the amulet from under his cloak. I was wearing it it the entire time. Yeah, we probably should have searched him at one point. (laughs) Uh, Oh, you guys never searched him? (laughs) No, I blame that on Donnie. I want to hear from you, Fernando. (laughs) (laughs) You guys never searched him. (laughs) Ah. That's super, super dumb. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is. Because we knew for a fact it was in City Hall. Ah, <laughs> uh, fucking A. Um, <laughs> I, I look at the amulet and I say, instead of a reward, how about just give us what we were after this whole time, the amulet, and we'll just be on our way. You'll never hear from us again. Everybody lives and we're all happy. You want... The amulet. And he starts laughing. And he says, you're not getting the amulet. You're not getting anything. But we will give you a trial. We will give you a trial, fair and square, and then we will exact our punishment upon you. Guards, take them away. And so the big guys on either side of you uh, first uh, begin to search search you and take away every single item that you have. I guess I'm not going home anytime soon. Can I, like, stuff the void bag in my underwear without them noticing? Um, 
Uh, well, let's see. That's going to be really, really hard because they're right there and they're looking at you. Uh, go ahead so and disadvantage for uh, dexterity. We All need right. that void bag. Yeah, we do. Hold it's on. more important than we are. Dexterity. Oh, 19 with my dexterity bonus. Well, you almost do it, but you do not. Oh, uh, they notice you trying to do it, and it was a pretty great try, actually. You really almost did it. It was some David Blaine stuff that you did. You almost <laughs> completely convinced them that you weren't doing that, but then at the very last second, one of them grabs your hand and pulls it up and revealing the void bag. And they toss it into a giant sack along with all of the other items that you guys are carrying. And you guys are stripped down completely to undergarments. And that's all you're wearing. And one of the guards carries the sack with all of your items in it, uh, which is a gigantic burlap sack. And uh, they usher you uh, through the door that the one-eyed guy came through. And inside that door is a gigantic stone room. And in that stone room... There's a spiral staircase leading down. And the uh, guards uh, lead you down the first level of the staircase. And as you get to the bottom, you realize that this is some kind of huge hideout for some kind of force. I mean, there are literally like dozens of people kind of moving around down there and doing different things. It's like a mini underground city, not like a real city. I mean, I would say that if you had to estimate how many people live there, it would maybe be like 120 or something like that. But uh, it is an actual little mini functioning city. And the guards shove you guys uh, in a direction and you guys start walking and you may, you're made to take a right and you are ushered down through a gate and a guard opens the gate for you. And let they lead you through. They close the gate behind you and lock it. And then you walk down a hallway and there's another gate and you pass by some rooms. And when you look through those rooms, uh, you're seeing things like like darts games and like different things that are seemingly to entertain prisoners or something like that. Like minor and, you know, very not not very good, like entertainment for people or anything. But it's like, well, at least they're trying, I guess. And you get through another gate and they open the gate for you and you walk down another long stone hallway and they open a cell for you and they put all of you in one cell and then they close the door. And as they close the door, uh, a guard comes up that's in a robe and says something and the bars glow kind of a white blue color and then fade back to regular dark black. And then the guards that brought you in, they leave, walk out. You hear them walk through the several gates in the way, and they exit the uh, holding area. And now you're just sitting in a cell by yourselves, uh, uh, waiting. Fuck. Oh, I'm not going to see my wife. I'm never going to see my kids anymore. Oh, why do I have to put that ring on? Why do I have to put that ring on? I bet you never thought you'd see yourself wearing a G-string either, huh? <laughs> I, I look down. You're wearing a G string. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you're now you're also you're very embarrassed because you were raised kind of uh, conservative. In uh, I, I look for like a blanket or something, bedroll or something in here to try and cover up. Um, there is uh, there's no such thing in the cell at all. There's just some like hay thrown down that's kind of soak up the filth. Are we the filth? Well, is that a metaphor? <laughs> you guys are make you guys are will make filth for sure. <laughs> oh gosh! And is there a window at all? Or are we just boxed in You're darkness? Totally boxed right in with three stone walls and one uh, jail door. Okay. I look at Laren. I go, see how they took all our shit. That's what we should have done to Barnes. Well, I knew I should have took that old man hostage as soon as he pulled the Jerry bullshit. God damn it, why isn't Parsis in here letting us out? Or whatever the fuck his name is. Why would he? <laughs> you bit his ear off. It was... It broke his hand. A, a term of endearment. I don't know. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, <laughs> um, 
Well, it, is, can I do perception to see if there's any kind of, like, weakness to the bars or, like, any kind of, like, sure. previous prisoners attempt to escape? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll. Oh, God damn it. I got a nine with my bonus. You feel completely <laughs> hopeless, and you think there's absolutely no way out of here. Fuck. There is a giant poster of Raquel Welsh <laughs> from 10,000 BC just conveniently up on the wall. Uh, no. <laughs> um... I want to try and weave some sort of garment out of this straw so I can cover myself. <laughs> okay, it's very disgusting. There's like, there's pee and like poop and just all sorts of like vomit, like old vomit. There's all sorts of like disgusting stuff that the straw is hiding. Okay, maybe I won't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of cleaning, they just seem to throw more straw in. I guess I'll, I'll live with my shame for now. <laughs> All right. So you guys uh, keep waiting. Eventually, they serve you some slop and some bowls, and they just slide it through the bottom of the uh, the bottom of the uh, the gate, the, the door. I guess now's a good opportunity to do some chit chat with Fernando. And I'm like, "What was life like on the farm? And did you have a family?" It's uh, very physical labor, obviously. My my beautiful wife. Amelia, our two sons, Frank and Bernard, and my little girl, Betsy. <laughs> oh, that like, cow's amazing. That's a, <laughs> a cow. Sounds like a good group you got going on over there. Make sure when you get home to tell them that Laren, Donnie, and Koo are heroes, not terrorists. And I, point, I lift my finger up and go, if you get home. If I don't think I'll tell anyone about this, you want me to bite that finger off? It might take you back home. (laughs) No, no, I I kind of need all my fingers for my my farm. Uh, Everybody, roll a perception. I got a seventeen. Nah, nine. All right, so the seventeen, you hear a six. Hey, 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 and it's hard. It's it's very faint, but you hear it above the chatter. Whoa, and I start, like, I get up and I start looking around, like, trying to determine where it's coming from. And you get closer to the, uh, you get closer to the, uh, the, the, the gate, and it gets quieter, and it gets louder in the back of the cell. Alright, I move to the back of the cell, and I'm like, who's there? He says, I'm another prisoner. You three just got in here. What did you do? We, uh, we jaywalked. What's that? I'm just kidding. Uh, no, we're actually innocent, and these fucking douchebags just threw us in here because they're mean, and we're not. Uh, he said, I stole a horse. Actually, we stole two. Oh. Well, do you steal horses a lot? Um... Not a lot. We steal some other things. Like, we just got this ring and my friend has it on and now he's got a Fellow thieves. Yeah. Yes, you're speaking to a fellow thief. I was caught by the two men I tried to steal the horse from and they brought me here. And I should have known better. I should have done something different. Hey, so have you had any... Who's Leonard talking to? (laughs) I look at them and I'm like, I just like Are you hearing voices. I look to them and I oh, say, "Oh, great, another one." No, I like look to them and I tell them to hush down. I'm like, "Don't let the guards know I'm talking to anyone." And you guys can hear these. You can hear this voice very quietly, but he seems to have kind of pinpointed it. Uh, and I say to the voice, "I'm like, how long have you been here? And do you have any information that we might be able to help each other get out of here?" He says, "Well, I've just been here. I don't know, three, four hours now." And all I know is that this is this is something. They have something going on here that is beyond what they should have. There's no way that they're as powerful as this. This is ridiculous. But it's drawing people from all over the place. And then suddenly you hear like a gate open. And in that guy's cell, you're hearing, all right, time for your trial. 
And then he says, oh, I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry for stealing the horse. I won't do it again. I promise I, I'll pay you back. Just take it out of everything that you took from me. And he's kind of rambling as he goes on and his voice disappears and you hear the gate close. And then you hear through the walls and through everywhere kind of permeating. You hear the word trial being chanted over and over again. And there's kind of like stomping, like with feet. And they're making a huge noise, sounds like a, like a sports stadium or something, that kind of that kind of loud noise. And just the word trial, 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 just echoing throughout the place. Oh, no. We have gotten ourselves into a fucking mess. We're going to have to do some uh, gladiator shit, I'm thinking. While Laren's talking to the guy, I go over to the bars and I just try to, like, lightly spit my ass, like, spit. Spray my acid breath on the bars. Okay. Uh, roll for um, uh, roll a two hit on that, which I guess is strength. Oh, nine. So you get it all over the bars in a very messy way that you did not intend to do, and the acid bubbles and pops, uh, but it does not seem to affect the bars at all and just falls to the ground and sizzles on the ground, and there's a big acid pool now right in the front of, of the door. Hmm. Well, it was worth a shot. Yeah, um, I turn to uh, Fernando, and I say, Do you think your burning spray could, like, melt some of these bars? Maybe off to the side where they won't see it. I, I, I can try. The guard walks up to the door and says, What are you doing? Taking a shit. Minding my own goddamn business. I feel like I was going to be sick. Don't try anything on these bars. You, I, It's just more mess for us to clean up, and I don't really feel like working tonight. And you're going on trial soon anyway. Like you guys clean anything. We clean what we have to to keep people from dying in our jail. My pigs live cleaner than this. And he says, oh, really? Your yes. pigs live cleaner than this. Is that supposed to hurt my feelings? Yes. Well, because this is job. not clean. I'm not. I don't care. Can I roll like a like a bluff to be like, you want to go one on one, buddy? Just fists. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and roll. And this guard, you can tell, is not. He's not like the same caliber as the guys that brought you in here. Those two guys that yeah. brought you in here, you can tell that they were kind of special. Like there was not. There's not, like, it's not all guys like that, you know? Most of the guards are just kind of, like, you know, at or about your level of experience and worldliness, and, you know, they're not that crazy outstanding power-wise. He's a 9-to-5 worker. Yes. I, so I rolled a 10 to try to be like, let's take it outside. <laughs> so uh, you say, let's take it outside, and your voice kind of cracks a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> the guard just goes, whatever, buddy. It'll all be done soon enough, anyway. Before he leaves, I try to, like, grab his tent. Like, wait, so you guys clean the cells, like, when you need to? Yeah. I immediately just, sm like, slam my two fingers down my throat and try to get myself to throw up all over the bars and in front of him. Yeah, can I simultaneously start taking a leak? Sure, yeah. And uh, are you keeping it inside the cell or trying to spray it outside? I'm peeing through the bars trying to get him. I'm Yeah, I'm spraying everywhere, like, outside. All right, so uh, roll for your uh, for your puking. <laughs> How many times have I thrown up in this campaign? <laughs> roll for vomit. It's a classic thing. Roll for vomit. That's the title of an episode. Uh, if there's no bonuses, I get a seven. Okay, so you're you're having a hard time getting yourself to throw up. <laughs> you're just kind of I haven't eaten in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're trying, but you just can't seem to throw up. And so you start peeing, and you're peeing on the. Uh, uh, on the bars and trying to get it out into the into the hall. And as soon as your the urine stream hits the bars, you have a very, very hard shock that runs right up your penis. <laughs> God it damn it! Really bad, and you take two damage from it. Oh fuck! <laughs> I just fall to the ground, like holding my dick. <laughs> and uh, you guys get the idea that the bars are electrified. Do not touch that. <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of a way to intimidate the guard. 
but I don't know how we can in this situation. So the uh, the guys have the uh, crowd has stopped chanting trial a while ago, and you just hear some kind of booming, echoing talk, and it's kind of more like concentrated and quiet. Uh, if the guard's still there, I ask him like, "What's going on?" Uh, you know, across the hall or wherever. That horse thief is on trial. I wish I could be there. I mean, we could be there. Oh, you'll, and we could give you an update on what happens. Yeah, you'll be there soon enough. Don't worry. You should. You really shouldn't have crossed this group, my friend. And what group is that, my friend? Oh, you'll see. You'll see. Can I try to intimidate and say, like, what's? How do you know you're not next? What if you do something and then all of a sudden you're in here, but you think you're innocent? And like, all right. So instead of intimidating, you're kind of using more of like a a coercion or logic on them. So yeah, Ah, uh, intelligence. Damn it. I don't know how to intimidate from inside a prison cell. <laughs> uh, intelligence is actually negative one, so <laughs> he just nine. He just is like, oh, that's hilarious, really. He's like, I signed up with this group because I know they're incredible, and the benefits are outstanding. I'm going to be taken care of for the rest of my life, and this world is going to change. You know that this world is going to change. Yeah, like I changed your mother last night. Oh! Uh, he just kind of he looks a bit frustrated this time it seems like you might be getting through to him a little bit you should have heard her screaming out enjoying the ravishes of my pleasure so he walks away uh, do I see like a key on his belt or anything uh, yeah he has a key on his belt there's a big key ring Fuck. it has like something like 40 keys it's a huge key ring and now you hear thunderous applause coming from the uh, echoing throughout the halls. And then you hear some sort of, like, trumpet sound. And, it's John Cena. <laughs> and then you hear, uh, you hear a huge cheer uh, erupt. What are the odds that these people really like horse sleeves? And they just gave him an award and everything's good. About as Good as odds as Parnas actually giving us the amulet. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't have taken his ear. Oh, yeah, maybe. Or maybe just should have checked him. Or maybe I should have killed him the first time. Fuck. Anyway, and then and then ex- inspected his dead body and got the amulet. Fuck! It goes without saying pretty much anything we would have done differently would have been better than what we actually did. As we sit in a jail cell. Uh, Mark would be proud. Let's see. <laughs> um... I really am running out of ideas. I guess we're going to have to wait till our doom. <laughs> so some guard, uh, those, one of those big guards comes up to the door, and another one does too, and they flank the door, and then they kind of just look over at the, uh, the, the, the caretaker and nod, and he walks over with a giant key, like some big wooden key. It's very weird. And he slides the wooden key in, turns it, the bars glow white for a second, white-blue, and then shh, fade back to normal. And then uh, the door swings open, and you guys all in your undergarments just standing there, and they usher you out into the hall. And you start hearing the crowd chanting, trial, trial, trial. I turn to the guys and say, let's do the best we can. That's all we can do. I really hope it's a co- uh, trial by combat amongst the three of us, and the one survivor gets to win, or gets to leave. <laughs> I like my odds in that situation. Actually, I turn to Ku and I say, Hey, Ku, wait, that's not the real Donnie, so can we just blame everything on him? Whoa, whoa, no. Yeah, that's not how things work in here. All right, fine. You guys I'm brought sorry. me into this mess. You're right, Fernando. We won't throw you under the bus. Just try to remember that I'm a good guy. Yeah, I kind of feel bad if it's Fernando. If it was actually Donnie, I'd definitely throw him under the bus. Okay. So you guys are walking back towards the, uh, you guys are being led to the, uh, the sound of the people chanting trial and it's getting louder and louder and louder. And you are walked down some stairs and you walk into a big type of like stadium type of thing, but think of it in a way that's like, it's all made out of stone. So it's kind of like, you know, in the ancient Roman uh, theaters that were just, you know, you sit on the stone steps and uh, watch the uh, watch the proceedings on a stone dais 
down in the uh, bottom. It's kind of like a half circle. And the crowd is full of a bunch of degenerate looking people. And most of them are wearing some kind of purple armband and or cloak or some kind of designator or something like that. And there's a lot of drinking going on. And the crowd is really rowdy. And as you're walking in, the uh, you see what you can only imagine must be the horse thief. And he's covered head to toe in wooden spikes. And he's dead. Uh, he's completely uh, obliterated by these wooden spikes. And so he is uh, being led out in a... Uh, like a like some kind of like a plinth, not a plinth, uh, but like a stretcher, like a homemade stretcher type of thing. And they open up a, a door in the wall, and it's kind of the opposite uh, end of the stage, like near where you guys are. And they slide the body down what seems like some kind of chute and um, take the stretcher and keep walking and close the door that led to the chute. And you guys are walking up to the stage and um it's not the one-eyed guy but it is a another guy and he uh is a very thin and dark-haired guy he's like really scraggly looking and he seems like he's kind of the uh the MC here and he is the one in charge of all of the proceedings and he they lead you up to the stage and you guys are lined up shoulder to shoulder and the crowd that was chanting trial now grows quiet with just a simple gesture from the the dark-haired gentleman and everyone focuses in and that's where we're going to leave you and suddenly you feel your your fernando you feel yourself flying at like a thousand miles an hour just as fast as you can imagine and suddenly you're jerked back into your body uh back in your farm your homeland and you are standing naked on top of a bar, uh, a bar, your local tavern, and a bunch of people <laughs> are staring at you. And uh, you have like a full glass of ale in your hand that you seem like you're about to throw at someone. Uh, sorry, so sorry, sorry, sorry. I put, I put it down. Just try grab my clothes and try to run out the door, putting them on at the same time. <laughs> All right, and you head back to your, run back to your farm, and your continued shame. <laughs> and you try to forget anything about Ku Lodman and Laryngitis. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all for this week. Hey everyone, Doug here, or as you know me, Laryngitis. Thanks for listening to this week's episode featuring Jeremy Dubs as Fernando. We hope you're enjoying the turn of events as things are really starting to escalate quickly. I still can't believe we didn't search Parnas, but regardless, we'll be back next Sunday with a brand new episode, so please stay tuned and tell some friends to subscribe. I'd like to thank the hosts this week. It was Mike, Dubs, Bren, and myself. Cover art was done by Ian McAfee. Theme music was composed and assembled by Josh Stitt. Distribution is powered by the fine podcasting software at Pinecast.com. You can leave a tip, you can leave feedback, just click a link in the episode description. And if you're not already subscribed, please do so on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time!